0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing well. How about you, Dan? I'm good. Uh, you know, last night, so busy yeah. news night. Obviously, the nomination is now, uh, the name is out, Brett Kavanaugh. It um, was kind of circling every most of the inside baseball people. They were leaning hard to our Kavanaugh, but uh, Kavanaugh, um, is the pick. I'm going to give you everything you need to know. I was up late last night putting this together um, because I go to sleep generally pretty early. But I just mm. wanted to open up the show, if you'll allow me, by thanking you, and I, I mean it, by thanking you for the opportunity to have this voice in the conservative movement at this special time in history, with all this news breaking. You know, Joe, last night yeah. I'm watching, I said to my wife, I never thought I'd be in this spot where now the number two conservative podcast in the country Mm -hmm. Uh, we've become a significant player this is all due to you by the way I mean yeah I put out the I put out the content but you all have shared it with your friends and everything and I just want to thank you I mean and I know I've said that before but this is not some empty gesture I was uh, last night I was really touched that at this special time in history with all these great things happening in this Trump presidency and the tax cuts and the Supreme Court nominees um, and and the the bending of the arc of history back in a positive direction after eight mm-hmm. horrible years of Obama um, I really want to thank you for the opportunity to be a conservative presence in this movement at this time uh, that is uh sincerely meant i am um, last night i felt really special and it, it the conversation happened because of a another incident but uh and me right along with you the, the same feelings i'll never forget just real quickly yeah the first time i suggested this and you looked at me and you said you think I can do that? Can I, I do that? I know. Remember we did it in my basement once a week and yeah. we got our first hundred listeners. We thought it was the greatest thing ever. Oh. I remember it cost us about ten thousand dollars to start it. And my wife and I didn't have a lot of money. We were like, gosh, if this thing fails, what an embarrassment. And now it's uh, this um, you know, multi million dollar enterprise due to you all and uh, Thank you all. And, yeah. yeah very it's, much. Um it's really I appreciate it. But something happened yesterday and you cool. know, when you're a content producer and other people request your services, I get very upset when people don't follow through so last night i was in a particularly salty mood and then that's what uh that's what uh, rescued me i thought gosh am i lucky to be uh to have this show right now so i don't need anybody i don't need anyone else i have you um i don't i don't need any anyone anywhere i have you my audience my show and we're all good um okay uh i'm gonna give you everything you need to know about the pick but let me get uh, through this uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at filter by I don't want to assume too much, but I suspect you have enough bills to pay already. I'm pretty confident in that and don't need any more. I certainly don't. But that might be what you're headed for if you don't trust me on this. According to the Department of Energy, the most expensive utility for most Americans is their electricity bills. You know that? Making up roughly 9% of their annual housing expenditure. This number is aggravated depending on where you live. Obviously, if you're down in the South, where I am in Florida, where it gets hot, you will be paying a lot of money for electric in the summer. That's just uh, that you can take that to the bank and uh, cash it, uh, cash that check. Adding insult to injury, this allergy season has been one of the worst, further straining your system and your lungs, by the way. You can help lower this bill by making sure your system is running smoothly with a new set of filters from my friends at FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. That's important. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. If you're one of those difficult people, they can make custom filters just for you. Plus, they ship free within 24 hours, and they're made right here in the great old USA. Set up auto delivery. Makes life easier. You don't have to think about filters again. Plus, you'll save an uh, additional 5%. You can extend the life of your HVAC system. Clean the air in your house. A lot of us spend a lot of time indoors. It's getting hotter outside. The last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the bad allergies. Save time. Save money. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. I know I do. That's FilterBuy.com. 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 Tell them the Dan Bongino Show sent you. Yeah. Love you. Okay, now that I've thanked you all for this uh, position I'm in right now, I wanted to bring up one other point. This is not just another kind of fluffy opening thing at all. So last night I'm watching Trump, Joe. I'm sure you probably saw some of it or at least saw a video of it of his uh, nomination ceremony in the yeah. in the White House on the state floor there. And I thought to myself, gosh, is this guy underestimated Trump? This is the great stain of the media and the far left movement stain on their political souls, their continued underestimation of the political powers and intelligence of Donald Trump. You know, um, I get it. I understand how his gruff style. I mean, it doesn't bother me because I'm from Queens where Trump is from and everybody talks like that. Um, That's just how I, I know some really super smart guys from Queens, New York who talk and act the same way. It's um. I've tried to explain the Trump psyche based on where he grew up in Queens to people, and 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 some get it and some don't. I know this because I I grew up there. I spent most of my adult life in Queens, New York. Here's the thing about Queens, right? Queens, the the, the guys in Queens. This is a, it's a guy thing. It's a guy yeah. thing. This is not in any way uh, meant to be misogynistic. It's just a guy thing. because I hung around largely with guys. The guys don't have the money or influence of the Manhattan kids. That's where all the money is. It's in Manhattan. Uh, you can figure that out. I mean, New York City, New York, that's where all the dough is. It's where all the rich people live, all the rich kids live. So the Queens people, which is kind of like a suburb of Manhattan, a suburb, uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's suburban type areas. It's Queens mm-hmm. is a very mixed place. They don't have the money. So there's, you know, or the influence of them. And there's kind of this. Inferiority complex. I know the Queens people listen. they will get what I'm talking about. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. But also, they don't have the toughness or the edge or the Brooklyn or the Bronx kids. Now, I, my opinion, they do. I grew up with some super tough kids. Believe me, really tough kids. But when you live in New York, I need you to understand this. It's important. If you come from the Brooklyn or the Bronx... There's an automatic, like, tough guy persona that comes along. I'm from the Bronx. Whoa, that guy's tough. You don't have to – the irony of it is you don't even have to be tough. You just have to say you're from the Bronx, and people will generally assume you're tough. Uh, Trust me, this is very real. You know I don't like flowery stuff on my podcast. I get an hour of your time, and I don't want to waste it. But it – I'm trying to explain to you the Trump phenomenon, how the left will continue to underestimate this guy, and it is ultimately going to lead to their absolute political downfall. So, if you're from the Brooklyn, it's if I'm from Brooklyn, it's the same thing. I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, this guy's tough, and, and it yeah. automatically confers a power status in the streets on you. Does that make yeah. sense, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if yeah, you're from sense. Queens, you don't really get that. There's not, no one says, like, hey, I'm from Queens. Oh, that guy must be tough. It doesn't happen. (laughs) Trust me, I grew up there. You have to prove yourself. If you want to, in the streets, have a reputation for being a tough guy in Queens, you got to fight. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. You know my thing on violence, how proactive violence, how against it I am. I'm a you know my faith matters to me, but I'm just telling you the facts. When you grow up in the streets of New York City, the Queens kids, if you want a reputation for being ba bad, mm, you get what I'm saying. You actually have to go out and duke it out a few times, and the word spreads. It man, you don't want to mess with that guy Armacost. He can throw his mitts pretty good. Yeah, there's an automatic. Conferring of the toughness title if you're from Brooklyn or the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Now again, there's an automatic conferring of a status title if you're from Manhattan. Oh, I grew up on the Upper East Side. Whoa, look at this guy! He must know people. There's none (laughs) of that from Queens. Nobody goes, "Hey, I grew up in Glendale," where I grew up in Queens. He goes, "Oh my gosh, he must be a real player." Nobody does that. Trust me. Where'd you grow up, (laughs) Queens? For heaven's sake, Queens. Yeah, Yeah, Queens. Queens. It just don't. It doesn't doesn't have this edge to it, you know, the it's just the, the, it's the Bronx, with yeah. a D, the Bronx, Bronx. and people no, yeah. are like, oh, don't mess with that guy, I grew up in Liberty Park up there in Glendale, <laughs> this doesn't have that, you're right, you're like an edge to it, okay, yeah. this yeah. explains the phenomenon of Donald Trump, and why he acts like he does, I've said this before, but it's important to understand why he's always underestimated, mm-hmm. I watched him last night, because he has that, I've always got to impress you, Queen's thing with him, always, and that's the Queen's thing. I have to impress you. I have to fight. I have to verbally fight. I have to pick fights on Twitter. I have to constantly, t- and I'm not knocking <laughs> the guy. I'm, folks, believe me, I've been there. I have to tell you how rich I am. I have to exude bravado. That's a Queen's thing because it. It there's a constant inferiority complex because they, they're constantly told they don't have the status of the Manhattan kids and they're not as tough as the Brooklyn and Bronx kids. So they always have something to prove. I'm the same way. I've always been like that. I understand Trump. I think like few commentators do because I know exactly what he went through. That explains the hyperbolic language, the proud chest, the big bold hand actions when he talks. Right, Joe? He's always talking with his hands. That's a queen's thing. Hey, but hey, I wish I had a a ditto cam right here. Semaphore, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) 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 The hands are always going in some direction. It's like he's signing or something like that. You know, that's Trump now. That leads people to constantly underestimate who this guy is. They think he's adult. uh he's just a big, loud, obnoxious, braggadocious guy. But watching him last night deal with now his second Supreme Court pick in what is unquestionably now folks you're you're not living in the real world if you are still a conservative insisting that this guy's president uh, presidency hasn't been a success on the margins. you're not living in the real world. You're living in an anti-trump deluded uh crazy. Uh ecosystem atmosphere of stupidity, I can't explain anymore. There have been some setbacks. Um, there have been some some you know foreign policy hits and misses. But to suggest in any way, shape, or form that the Trump presidency has not been a success is absolute idiocy at this point. And I watched him last night give this speech and nominate another stellar appointee. Now, I wanted uh, Mike Lee. I would have settled for uh, Barrett. But Kavanaugh is a stellar appointee. I'm going to get to that in a second. And I'm thinking, gosh, they continue, Joe, to underestimate this guy. And he continues to steamroll them at every single opportunity. And I I thought about it because I watched him up on stage mm-hmm. with this. I mean, this, have you ever seen, Joe, anyone with a resume like Kavanaugh? Did you, oh, hear, did you see this guy's resume? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like it's made up. It can't be real. Ivy undergrad, Ivy law school, teaches law at an Ivy, basketball coach for his kids, clerked for some of the you know greatest legal minds, um, clerked at the Supreme Court. I mean, the guy's resume reads like, if you, if you went online and put fantasy resume generator for a law guy, you'd get Brett Kavanaugh's resume. Now, think about this, buddy. What did Brett Kavanaugh with that resume, a a resume in the top zero, 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 one percent of humankind. Mm -hmm. What did he never do? He never made a billion dollars and he never won the presidency with absolutely zero political experience. He needed Donald Trump, that guy, to get his appointment. Don't ever forget that. Next time you hear someone talking down Donald J. Trump, oh, he's a big goof, a big braggadocious. He's such a buffoon. Really? You sure about that? We have two of the greatest legal minds of our generation, Gorsuch now and Kavanaugh, who may enter their positions in the Supreme Court because of Donald Trump. We have jobs. We have money flowing into our economy. We have expansion at an, an unprecedented rate right now. Economic expansion because of Donald Trump business optimism optimism about the future of the country because of Donald Trump You had a guy on that stage standing next to one of the smartest human beings born in generations Kavanaugh who Has made himself a billion dollars in business. He's won some he's lost some he's dealt with some of the most powerful people on the planet He won the presidency of the United States with zero political experience whatsoever a mound of people itching at every opportunity to kneecap him to break his legs with an unprecedented government spying operation, a weaponized government marshalling all its forces against him and against a Democratic nominee that had unified support against him. And he won one of the largest electoral college landslides we've seen in the last few elections. I sat there last night very proud of this guy. Listen, I know he has his faults. Gosh, I do. I tell you all the time. We're all sinners, folks. You know, Christ uh, put us here with free will, and it's that free will that that is the fight. The fight against lust, greed, envy, Mm -hmm. rage, anger, gluttony, the fight against all of that. That is the fight. No one was put here with the, the, uh, the absolute skill and strength to defeat that at every opportunity. He's got his faults. No question about it. But man, this guy is something to be proud of. And don't listen to the liberal nonsense about, you know, I get it. There have been mistakes. We've seen it. There's always a checkered past with anyone. But this is a guy who's done incredible things. And I was very proud last night. That's where this whole thing comes from about me thanking you all. I was very proud last night that I supported him and voted for him. I think he's doing a tremendous job. And watching him last night with these incredible people and knowing that these incredible people wouldn't be where they are now without him. A guy, the left and the media constantly pans. I really felt good last night. I slept comfortably knowing I made the right decision. And you should too. God bless this guy. He's really doing a tremendous job. And we all need to get behind him and it's time to get behind Kavanaugh. Sorry if that took a little longer, but uh, really, if that I, that I had even a small role in any of this movement is just was flattering to me last night because I watched them on stage and I thought, yeah, this is what it's about. And the fact, Joe, yeah, more thing. That the people who are trying to take them down are such small, inconsequential gnats on the butt of humankind media people who just have, no I mean, nothing, That a billion dollars. They barely made $100,000 or not. They've never generated any income in small business. Um, they couldn't even, oh, Trump went to an elite business school. Business school, they had to go to, listen, I'm not knocking journalism as a, do whatever you want to do. That's fine. But let's not be uh, silly here, folks. Journalism is not organic chemistry. And if you think so, then I highly recommend you go back and take an organic chemistry course and find out how difficult it is, okay? This is a <laughs> guy who's dealing with media people who all they could do is write opinion-based pieces disguised as journalism to scrap together a few pennies to pay their rent. And he's the one, and the media people think he's supposed to answer to them. It's almost a joke. And a bunch of loser, like politicians on the Democrat side, who've never even had a real job. Listen, I get knocked all the time for running for office and not having come out successfully. Hey, man, at least I had the guts to get in and had a real job before that. Right. Right. Some of these guys in the media and these Democrats specifically have never even had a real job. You know, you should you should show a little bit of respect. I mean, gosh, I'm not asking you to worship golden calves or anything, but continuing to play down this guy's political skills, his political acumen um, and his ability to get things done. You're just making yourself look stupid. I'm just giving you some advice. You do what you want. I believe in a free press. And I also believe in the freedom of the press to be dumb. And you've certainly taken me up on that offer. All right. Good way to finish that one up. Okay. (laughs) As it it comes to Kavanaugh, uh, here are some positives. I'm going to give you, as I always do, some ups and some downs. I I really, really liked Mike Lee. You know that. Uh, I also liked uh, Amy Barrett. I thought she would have been great as well. Um, I'm not – I don't object to Kavanaugh in any way. I just, you know, think – I'm hearing rumors, Joe. He's saving the Amy uh, Coney Barrett pick – for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, if she yeah, happens was to step aside. Woman for that. a woman. Yeah, there's some pol- I mean, listen, I yeah. hate it that we do this identity politics thing. Um I really do, but that, that's what I'm hearing. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm hearing it from some pretty credible people that the if Ruth Bader Ginsburg is to step down next, that Barrett, uh, that's why they're saving her for that. She would be a tremendous pick. But here are some positives and negatives about Kavanaugh, and I have a really, please, folks, I know I always ask you to check out the show notes. Please check them out up on Gino.com. They have six or seven really good pieces that will give you everything you need to know about this fight going forward about Kavanaugh. They're really good. Go check them out. Subscribe to the email list. I'll send them to you. Okay, positive number one, um, he rejected a balancing test on the Second Amendment. In other words, we got to balance, you know, the state's needs for security and all this other stuff with the right. No, no. He's like, that's not what the Constitution says. The Constitution says you have the right to bear arms and it shall not be infringed. So Kavanaugh, I'm convinced, is solid on the Second Amendment. Big positive number one. The ba- anytime you hear a balancing test, that means the Democrats are looking to take away your right to defend yourself. So he was solid on that with an opinion in the D.C. Heller case, right? He's challenged uh, Chevron deference over and over again. Now, this is the irony of this. This is point number two, Chevron deference. The takeaway, your Looney Tunes liberal friends will constantly tell you that Trump's a fascist, Joe. He's craving this unlimited power. He's going to destroy the country. He wants to be the emperor. Well, what's interesting about this is he appointed someone to the Supreme Court. Excuse me. He nominated someone to the Supreme Court. We have the advice and consent role of the Senate. Nominated a man to the Supreme Court in Brett Kavanaugh who has openly written opinions that would limit the president's power. Chevron deference, in a nutshell, is a case that allowed wide latitude in the interpretation of administrative state statutes. You know, EPA uh, mandates and things like that. It allowed a wide interpretation. Obama and his team used this deference to the, that's what, it was a case, it was a Chevron case. This deference to uh, the administrative state and the executive, that deference expanded presidential power by allowing them to interpret things because the legislative branch didn't write the laws clearly enough. You you're tracking me, Joe? Yeah. The mm-hmm. way it's supposed to, work is the legislative branch obviously writes the laws, the executive branch faithfully executes those laws, and Mm -hmm. the judicial branch will interpret these conflicts from them, uh, generally interpret the constitutionality of that. That's not what Chevron deference is. The legislative branch would either not write laws and let the administrative state write them, or write laws so vaguely, and the Chevron deference gave an expanded role to the president and the administrative state. Now, Joe, Common sense question here, buddy. If yeah. Donald Trump is a fascist and wants to be an emperor and a monarch, why the heck would he nominate a guy who is openly advocated through his legal writings against Chevron deference? It doesn't make sense. I would think he wants more power. Oh, of course, because you'd be an insane yeah. liberal if you'd think that. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what, that you'd be nuts. Like, I, he's, I, I had a big note here. Limit POTUS. Kavanaugh's nomination, if he votes the same way, excuse me, uh, judges the same way, uh, which we hope he does in the Supreme Court, I sound like a liberal vote. That's what they want judges to do. <laughs> it will limit the presidential power. But again, arguing with liberals is, I'm sorry, is useless. When you argue with liberals, remember, you're always arguing for the third person. I can't say this enough. You argue with a liberal hoping the third person's listening so you sound like the more reasonable. And the liberal's lost. Pay no attention to them. But engage in the debates because the third person listening, when you have the facts and data, may be convinced. This happened to me a lot when I was running for public office. People would say, man, that person you argued with was nuts. I'd be like, oh, hey, thanks. But they're, it's he's going to limit presidential power. Uh, third positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the contraceptive uh, mandate and the filling out of paperwork by religious affiliated entities. He had determined this to be an unnecessary burden and infringement on the right to free, uh, you know, the free practice of religion. Uh, that that's a good thing. So I think we're going to have him firmly in our corner on that. Good on guns. Good on limits on executive power, which is excellent. Um, negatives. Well, here's one. He it was a 2015. Opinion he wrote on the metadata NSA metadata collection, which, you know, I am uh, absolutely against the collection of metadata by the National Security Administration, the United States government. Uh, He wrote an opinion supporting that for national security reasons and based on, you know, third party, the Smith versus Maryland 1979 case, uh, which was the collection of of dialed numbers like a dialed number recorder. In other words, they're basing it on a case from 1979 where obviously email didn't exist. And the 1979 case was on for dialed numbers. So if I were to say, get a warrant for Joe's, uh, get a Title Three warrant to listen in and wiretap in Joe's conversations, mm-hmm. the, the Smith versus Maryland ruling was the actual dialed number Joe dialed. I don't need a warrant for that. I can just get a subpoena for, say, it's called a dialed number recorder. That's what that was based on. Dialed number. I don't have the content, Joe. I just have the number you dialed. And the reasoning was, well, when you dialed the number, you willingly turned that information over to the phone company. That case has been used and basically expanded into the metadata sphere, which is totally different. The metadata sphere is different. There's geotagging. There's all kinds of technological innovations that are not just dialed numbers anymore. Right he wrote an opinion that he didn't have to write, and this is the irony of it, in 2015. It was optional for him to write it, and he wrote this opinion in support of it, which I think is going to bother Rand Paul, Mike Lee, and a lot of libertarian leading conservatives out there. Um, It bothers me. Uh, I'm not saying it's a no-go. I'm just saying I'd like to hear his logic behind that. Um, Also, one kind of... Semi negative. I say semi negative because it depends on how you look at it. Don't, don't believe the hype about there's a lot of push out there from some groups saying, well, he wrote the pathway towards the John Roberts Obamacare defense in the Supreme Court. That's not really it, folks. I don't want to go into it in too much detail because it's going to take up a lot of the show. But his objection to it was that they didn't have standing yet he didn't save obamacare the tax hadn't yet taken effect i think it was more based on a limited government approach that i'm in the court system i'm not in the legislature i didn't write obamacare so don't come to me with your complaints kind of a thing so that's why i say some people are painted as a negative i'm not so much and now the metadata one yeah I, i want an explanation on that the obamacare one i think is more of him limiting his own judicial power saying hey you wrote a crap law on Obamacare, fellas. You guys figure this out. <laughs> you get it? Mm-hmm. So I don't have really that much of an issue uh, with that part, especially when it came to standing. Those are the positives and negatives on um, on Kavanaugh. Okay. Um, I want to get to this now. This is important. I got a great email uh, yesterday from a listener. I want to explain why this is going to be an issue now, a significant issue for liberals. Disappointment. This is going to be huge if he is, excuse me, this nomination. I don't want to say that wrong. If he is, in fact, confirmed by the Senate. This is going to create a big issue for libs. But it's a problem, Joe, of their own creation. All right. Before we get to that. All right. Oh, today's show brought to you by buddies at House Nutrition. We love Brickhouse. Brickhouse, my buddies, they've been with me from the beginning. They create some of the most revolutionary nutrition supplement products on the market. I'm really honored to be associated with them. I get really tremendous feedback from their products. Um, Today, I want to talk about one of their products, Foundation. It's a great product. Uh, If you're an active person, you don't necessarily have to be a workoutaholic like me. But if you're active, you you play recreational sports, even if you're a working mom or dad and you're moving around all day, they have a product called Foundation. And it's like giving yourself two extra gas tanks without going too much into the physiology of it creatine is one of those phosphogens it enables you uh to produce energy in the body now the nice part about creatine is you can ingest it now you can ingest it by eating 20 pounds of steak every day there's creatine and a lot of foods out there but what better way to do it than to get it in concentrated form in this product called foundation now they added atp to it as well which is like not having not just one extra gas tank in the creatine but having two extra gas tanks it's a terrific product And there's a nice physical effect from it. I always say take the mirror test. I'm not kidding. Take a mental snapshot of yourself on a Monday or whatever. Pick up the product. Give it like five, seven days to load. And then go check yourself out in the mirror at the end of the week. You get your muscles, or they tone up. There's this muscle volumization effect inside. It's terrific with this product. People love it. I had a guy who emailed me a little while ago. His wife was really happy. <laughs> so she wasn't taking it. He was. So it's really, really good stuff. Go check it out. It's called Foundation. It's available at dan. That's brickhousenutrition.com/dan, BrickHouseNutrition.com. BrickHouseNutrition.com. Slash Dan. Pick up Foundation today. You will not regret it. It's a terrific product. Okay. Here's the problem now for liberals that this is going to create. Folks, liberals figured out a long time ago in the FDR era, maybe earlier. Depends if you read some books on the history of of liberalism. What's, hold on one second. Yeah, there's a great book, A Conservative History of the American Left. I'm sorry, but I had a look. It's on my bookshelf. It's a really great book, and it explains the long history of this. But depending on where you start, it's, a, it's somewhat subjective. Maybe the FDR era. The liberals figured out a long time ago that they did not have a popular mandate to move their policies ahead. Now, this is not this is not an unimportant point. When you don't have a popular mandate, Joe, and you want to implement a national strategy, mm-hmm. You're going to have a problem. Why is that? Because elections are generally won on popular support, not popular vote, especially in the presidential, but popular support. You have to be able to appeal to different regions of the country that have different interests. You have to get some kind of mass popular support to win the presidency. Now, if you're looking to implement a national agenda, and if you listen to yesterday's show, I explain why this is important to liberals. Liberals don't want a local agenda. They'll take it if that's all they can get. But liberals want a national agenda. Why? Because when you implement a national agenda, you can't escape liberal policies. And when liberalism with the essence of liberalism being control, liberals can't control you if you can escape. I live in Palm City, Florida. If Palm City, Florida were to implement some bad policies, I can leave, I can move, I can go over to Stewart, I can go to whatever, Sewell's Point, I can leave, I can move to Texas. Liberals hate that. The essence of liberalism and socialism is control. They're all the same thing. It's control. It's the taking away of your money, your health care, your education, your education rights, all of it. They don't like that. They need a national agenda. They can't get a national agenda if they don't have some popular support. They don't. They know they don't. They never have. Liberal policies, high taxes, just to put a face on this so you don't think I'm talking in otherworldly you know, uh, terms to try to confuse you here. High taxes, the taking of your money, the taking and controlling via government of your health care, the taking away of education choices for your kids. These are not popular folks. They never have been. Ever, especially not in the United States, which has a natural genetic entrepreneurial uh, spirit. I've explained this to people over and over. The people who come to the United States are very entrepreneurial. They want to work. That's why they're here. There's something in the gene code of people who've shown up on these shores and the people who fought the revolution and passed those genes down. They do not want to be subjugated. I'm not saying it's completely unique to the United States, but I'm telling you, you're darn right should be proud that you live here because there's something in the gene code of people who come to the United States and people who are sons of the revolution here that they will not be subjugated. They don't want Their money taken, they don't want their health care taken, and they don't want their kids' education choices limited. They don't. That is the essence of this country. The Democrat liberal socialist agenda is not popular. The Democrats post FDR figured this out and they realized they can't legislate it because to legislate it, you need what? Legislators who get what? Elected. You can't get elected if there's not a popular mandate for what you're doing. Now, leave it to the socialists to figure an end around in their in their in their endless quest for power. Remember, the ends justify the means, the central tenet of communism, marxism, socialism, it's all the same. Euphemisms for government control, right? The end around has always been the courts. Always. So the liberals have engaged in a multi-decade effort to stack up the court system at the state, Mm -hmm. federal, and local level with a bunch of legislators from the bench who will invent rights they can't get passed by popular uh, support. They can't get a massive nationwide late-term abortion bill mandating its legality. They can't mandating its legality. Should have finished that. Because it's not popular. People don't believe in that. They couldn't mandate in states a national, uh, you know, referendum on on making gay marriage legal. They couldn't, whether you agree with it or not, folks. They couldn't get it passed. Matter of fact, states had put uh, put in constitutional amendments saying no. So what they couldn't get done with their liberal agenda, they pushed through to the courts. Hence, Roe and Obergefell, however you spell the name of the case. Excuse me, say the name of the case. They had to push it through in the courts. The courts were always their weapon. The courts were their de facto replacement for legislative inability to get people elected to pass an agenda they wanted to pass. Does this make sense? This is oh, not yeah. an uncritical point here. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, this is a critical point. Yes. I'm speaking in Yoda-isms, Yogi Berra-isms, but I'm so obsessed with this that you understand this. You, you have to... This is their legislature, the courts. This is why they're in such a panic over this. Why would, think about it. Let me explain this another way. If Kavanaugh is what he says he is, and Gorsuch now we know certainly is, and he says we are only going to interpret the laws as you write them, that's what the Chevron deference is. I just want you to write clear laws, and I will follow them regardless of my political ideology. Why would you be worried? Joe, am I wrong? If you're a liberal who is so confident that confiscatory taxes, government-controlled medicine, um, you know, men in the women's room, government control of education in an absolute fashion is so popular, and you can write those, you can. And by the way, you can, you can write those laws, right, Joe? You can write a ninety-nine point eight percent tax rate. Nobody's stopping you. Mm. If you're so confident, and then Kavanaugh is saying, "Hey, write it." I don't, he may not agree. I'm assuming he doesn't with a 99.9% tax rate. But Kavanaugh just said last night, hey, put it in front of us, write it clearly, and you win. Why would you be so worried? They're worried precisely because their ability to coerce people through the bench, through writing new laws from the bench and fabricating new rights, is going away. And they don't have the backstop conservatives do. The backstop conservatives have. When they lose in the court system and lose court appointed nominees because there's a Democrat uh, nominee, uh, excuse me, Democrat president. the, The backstop we have is we can actually write laws because there's popular support for freedom. The liberals have no backstop. They only have the courts. They can only legislate from the bench because they can't on a mass scale legislate. Uh, through popular support, enough legislators into offices to write laws that don't have popular support. This is the problem. Now, I got a great email from a woman. She really enjoyed when I went into that. And she said, your point about them being covetous, which was right, was a good one. And you should you should repeat it. And I th- she's right. I shouldn't, especially in light of the liberal outrage campaign. By the way, breaking all prior liberal outrage campaigns are now on hold, Joe. All of them. <laughs> Until the Supreme Court outrage yeah. campaign is concluded. Concluded. The travel ban outrage campaign. What else? The tax cut outrage campaign. The immigration outrage campaign. All prior liberal out- Ma, All prior outrage campaigns are on hold until this outrage campaign is concluded concluded. The writers of the Constitution. And it pains me to say this. I think wrongly concluded, Joe, that the three branches of government would be covetous of their power. The legislative branch would be covetous of the power to write laws. Hmm. The executive branch covetous of their power to enforce those laws. The judicial branch covetous of their power to interpret the constitutionality of those laws. They were wrong. I'm sorry. I wish they weren't. But rhino Republicans, fake Republicans, and Democrats, liberals are all the same these days. There's really no difference. No difference. Have ceded that power to the judicial branch. Why? Democrats have ceded that power to the judicial branch for a very specific reason. I just described it. There's no popular support for their stuff. None. They'd rather the judicial branch just implement it because why? They can't. That's an easy one. So they're not covetous of their power. Democrat congressmen and Democrat senators are not in any way covetous of their power. They want the judicial branch to do what they can't do. And they're willing to cede power. The opposite of covetous. Now you may say, well, what's the rhino role in this? The rhinos are doing it for a different reason. The rhino class is so not covetous of their power and not holding on to it almost jealously. Here it is. It's mine. Because the rhinos are a bunch of frauds. I've said to you repeatedly, the problem with Congress and the Senate is that many Republicans up there are really Democrats, but no Democrats are really Republicans. I'm telling you from dealing with these people and talking to them that a lot of the Republicans up on Capitol Hill who run on this small government, big liberty agenda are complete, total frauds. They don't believe in it one bit. They believe government's a benevolent force in your life. They believe the Tea Party were a bunch of kooks. They believe the Second Amendment. Oh, the Second Amendment. Come on. I mean, Second Amendment. We really need guns anymore. I, I, you doubt Don't doubt me on this, hat tip Rush Limbaugh. Don't doubt me one bit. I have talked to these guys. They they, they, they look at you like you're a maniac if you're in the tea party. So for them, this is important here, Joe, Rather than having to take tough votes on this stuff where they'll Mm -hmm. be exposed as frauds because they're on YouTube in campaign speeches. I am all for the Second Amendment, low taxes, limited government, controlling government spending. They don't believe any of it. They don't want to vote on that. So what do they do? They jump in this incestuous bed with the Democrats And they say, ah, let's just, you know, defer Chevron Defer. Let's just defer to the executive and the courts and let them do it for us. They get the best of both worlds. The Republican fakes and phonies don't have to take a vote on things they really don't believe in. They don't believe in limited government, controlled budgets. They don't believe in it. And they get to get reelected because they say, oh, it wasn't me, Joe. It was the courts. The courts ruled Roe v. Wade. The courts ruled in uh, the gay marriage decision. It wasn't me. I didn't do anything. You, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, perfect sense, yeah. <laughs> that, this is, the, and, and I that's why the, the founders were, were wrong. I love the founders. I'm going to be wrong. It's, uh, the, you know, they're Founding Brothers, one of the best books I ever read. I'm just telling you, I think they assumed that the character of the individuals that would replace them in the future, Joe, were the character they had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean these were were fighting men and women of the revolutionary generation who stood That's for right. something. I think they assume the coward class we have in there now had the same backbone they do. They don't. That is why to do the end around and bring it right back to the beginning. This is so dangerous for liberals right now this time. Because they know that. They know they had the rhino establishment By that right because they were going to cede power because they want to get reelected and continue to be frauds they know they don't have popular support but they know they can get their policies passed through in the courts they know they have to stack the courts and this de-stacking of the courts now Of liberals and restacking with people who are actually going to read the laws they don't want to write because Democrats, there's no popular support for the laws they want to write. And Republicans, they know they can't get reelected on a lie. We don't support those laws that Democrats have. It's a lie. They do. It works for everyone. That's why the deconstruction of this model of governance right now through Trump's selections on the appellates, the circuit courts, and the Supreme Court is so... So critically devastating to the symbiotic relationship that existed between the rhinos and the Democrats in the swamp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why. That is why the whole swamp is being deconstructed before your very eyes. Hence my my pride last night watching Donald J. Trump up there nominate another stud up there on the Supreme Court and dismantling bit by bit and piece by piece and fingernail by finger by arm by (laughs) lung by eyeball every single piece of the swamp creature at once. They don't know what to do. Wait, what do you mean? We're not going to be able to have the courts legislate our liberal agenda. We even had these Republican frauds on board with that one. Yeah, but there's no Republican fraud in there. Trump doesn't care. He doesn't need you. What are you going to do for Trump? Hey, man, I'll endorse you. You think he cares? I'll endorse you. The guy had almost no significant endorsements at all in the presidency. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He sees the swamp creature. He takes a big four by four. Like that walking tall thing, and he smashes pieces of this of this swamp creature bit by bit, and they're in a total panic. They don't know what to do. Hey, we'll withhold money from him. Oh yeah, that's gonna work. Yeah, good job. Good luck with that one. We'll withhold campaign donations. We we're from the uh, American Slime Ball Association, and we won't endorse him next time. Oh oh, that's gonna re- forget it. He's done now. He doesn't care. He doesn't he Jew He doesn't care. The guy dances every day. He doesn't care. Do you understand he doesn't need you at all? By the way, I'm talking to liberals, not the conservatives. He needs you. You're his base. He doesn't need the swamp. He doesn't need the rhinos. There's nothing you can do for him. I'm telling you, congressmen who listen to the show, I know you're out there. He doesn't care. Rhinos, if you endorse him or not, is irrelevant. What are you going to do? Write him a check? The guy probably gives a $100,000 tip at a restaurant. You think he needs your money? This is the panic. This is why the entire swamp is in a total meltdown over this. Oh, boy. That was a good one. Yes, it was. (laughs) Joe knows when I'm on a roll. He backs away from the mic and just lets me do my thing. That's what I love about Joe. He's the ultimate second banana. By the way, can I just say, um, I read your feedback on the show, folks. I do. I'm, I'm sorry I can't respond to every email, but a lady, Joe... And I, I want to. She emailed me yesterday. I want to get your uh-huh. take on this. I didn't know you taking this personally, and I don't think you do. She was uh, she was upset that once in a while I point out your age and that you're older than me. Oh, I don't mind. I yeah, I, no. I've never. I and and to listen to the lady you said I won't mention your name. I really appreciate. I mean it. I'm not joking around. I love feedback like that because it gets me to think about things. But it never occurred to me because I've known Joe for so long and we joke about it that. Joe, by the way, looks like Elvis in his thirties. He does not the gravy sweat in Elvis, like the young oh, Elvis, hey, <laughs> not not the older one who could barely breathe on the stage. Joe looks pretty good for yeah, his age. Nice. So, to the lady, I, let me publicly apologize to you. But Joe, I don't think needs it. If he did, I would never. I don't mind it all. Not at all. I love Joe. Not yeah, I, I when I say it I mean it more as a senior status and his experience in the world Joe's done a lot of things I don't uh, I never mean it as a, any kind of offense but I do appreciate the feedback things I never think thank of, you. you know matter of fact on my NRA TV show some lady thought I was taking a shot at my producer on the air producer Denise <laughs> and I absolutely was not we're great friends too all right um I got a lot more to get to here so let me just read this quick uh listen when I wake up every morning I do what most of you do which is brush my teeth Now, I used to use plain old toothbrushes, and I said, you know, I need something better. So conveniently, right around that time, I get an email from uh, people who sell our ads. They said, hey, Quip wants to come on board. I'm like, Quip, I've heard about it. I'm like, do me a favor. Send me one. I want to try it out. Of course, I don't get to try it out because my daughter loved it so much, she took it. So I had to go buy another Quip toothbrush. This thing is great. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Not better. It's the best. The best. Hands down. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrush. You know those old oh, ones yeah. show they look like a Volvo? Not this one. This one is it's actually smaller than the old manual toothbrush I had. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides. It's great. Making brushing effortless. You don't have to think about anything. Quip also comes with a mouth that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's in your gym bag or carry-on, you're traveling, whatever you need. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. I'm on this subscription plan in case you think I'm messing with you. I could probably get them for free. I pay anyway. I love Quip. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's Best Inventions of the Year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. I mean, seriously, they got named one of the Best Inventions. It's like a power washing for your mouth. This thing is great. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Dan right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Here's the website again. You'll get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. That's spelled get, G-E-T, quip, Q-U-I-P, dot com slash Dan, getquip.com slash Dan. Go check it out. You won't regret it. It's a terrific, terrific toothbrush. It's, listen, selling toothbrushes and stuff isn't easy. This one is. You buy it. You'll find out why. Okay. um Dickie D, Dickie Durbin. We'll bring him up again. We talked about him yesterday, Democrat, yeah. uh, far left radical uh, from the state of Illinois, Dickie D been around forever. Not sure um, Dickie D's ever had another job. Um, He might, I don't know. I just seen him in Congress for uh, in the Senate for as long as I've been. alive. He's a big trouble. He is recommending an absolutely um, suicidal strategy for the Democrats. It was pointed out by the wall street journal today. Um, I have an article in the show notes about it as well. I also have one of those like top things you need to know about Kavanaugh things. So go check those out. But Durbin, um, as the Democrat, is just recommending that red state Democrats engage in what is an absolutely preposterous strategy. And I want you all to smile today, knowing that this is what the Democrats have been relegated to, which is absolute tactical stupidity. Here's Durbin's strategy. Durbin went on Meet the Press, and Durbin suggested that Democrat senators in heavy Republican states, believe it or not, there are, there are many of them, Claire McCaskill... Mm-hmm. In Missouri, Joe Manchin, in Virginia, Joe Donnelly, in Indiana, Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota. There are quite a few out there. These are Democrats who somehow managed to uh, pretend to be Republicans long enough to get elected in red states. Some of them which went for Donald Trump uh, in West Virginia's case by 40 points. Durbin realizes that there is going to be massive political pressure for these red state Democrats to vote for Brett Kavanaugh as the nominee. I'm telling you right now, if you don't if Manchin, if Manchin votes against the West Virginia Democratic Center for all my West Virginia listeners, if Manchin votes against Kavanaugh, he's done. He's fit. there. He has a zero chance of re- not just what he has zero chance of reelection. Manchin knows this. So Dickie Day, uh, who's in, by the way, Illinois, where he's completely safe, uh, you know, has nothing to worry about. It's not a red state at all. Um, Dickie D is saying, well, these guys and ladies should vote against uh, the nominee. And if they have to lose their seats, so be it, because this is all about like principle. Yeah. All right. Whatevs. Um, OK, now I would prefer they not do that. But Dickie D, either way, you lose. Right. Because think about it, folks. This just goes to show you, like the Democrats, who I'll give them credit. They're usually tactically smarter than this. Trump has them in such a rage, they've become the stupid party, which I usually reserve <laughs> for the rhinos. But they, they have become Joe, the Joe, yeah. the stupid part. They now win the gold medal of stupid in the stupid Olympics, which is interesting because the Republicans always beat them in the 100-meter stupid sprint. They always get to the uh, – they always. But the Democrats are managing to win the stupid sprint handily. They're, matter of fact, they're winning it by multiple lengths. It's because they're desperate and they can't control themselves because they hate Trump so much. So Dick, walk this through, folks. If Dickie D's recommendation is right and Manchin, Donnelly, Camp, and the others vote against Trump's nominee in states that want overwhelmingly for Donald Trump. I'm telling you, three or four of them will lose reelection. Well, walk through what mm-hmm. happens next. When these new Republican senators in Democratic states are sworn in in January, we will now have a significant Republican majority next year. We don't have a significant majority now without John McCain. uh, Basically, we can't afford to lose any Republican senator now in this nomination. If we bump it up, Joe, to 54 Republican senators, we can lose quite a few and still get a nominee through. Meaning what? You can nominate someone even more conservative because you don't have to worry about rhinos like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski bailing on you. This is a suicidal, idiotic strategy by Dickie D. You get where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You win. All all of your Democrats, you've unified them, Durbin. Unified them. They're all voting against mm-hmm. them. All of them lose. Now we've got 54, 55, maybe 56 Republican senators. Trump's just going to, what do you think? He's going to keep the seat vacant? He then resends someone up, potentially even more conservative, if possible. Who gets, uh, who gets, and now you're down, by the way, you're down three, four right. senators you would have maybe had otherwise, and you get a more conservative nominee. Do you understand they, this is the, the psychosis of the Democrat party right now. Psychopathology is set in and set in deep. <laughs> They don't know what to do. They're in a panic. Matter of fact, in my NRE TV show later, I'm going to show some video. Chris Coons, Democrat senator uh, from Delaware, who was one of the guys with the hashtag, we need nine. Uh, We need nine was a hashtag when Merrick Garland. Remember when Obama put up Merrick Garland at the end of his term and Mitch McConnell and hat tip to McConnell for this brilliantly put the kibosh on that? They only had eight justices, so Coon, Chris Coons. It was like we need nine. He put a hashtag out: "We need nine. Now it's funny. Same guy, same guy. Bill Clinton on a golf course. Same guy, same guy. For you old school listeners, there. That's our Rio Linda from the yeah. Rush Show. If you're Rush's Rio Linda, if you're not listening, you have no idea what "same guy" means. Same guy, but if you're regularly, you you know well, you know exactly what it is. "same guy." Chris Coons is now out saying, "Joe, no, no, no." If there's another nomination, or even now, we he's even now with Kavanaugh, we don't need nine. Put the hold on Kavanaugh. We're good. We don't need – you just put a hashtag, we need nine. Now it's we need eight. It reminds me of the guy in Something About Mary. <laughs> What was it, uh, seven-minute abs or eight-minute abs? I got an idea. Six-minute abs. Six-minute abs. This is the same guy, Koons. We need nine, hashtag. Uh, Hey, fellas, on my Twitter account, delete that. Now we need eight. But, sir, you just sent out we need nine a few months ago. No, no, no. Now it's a Republican in the White House. Now we only need eight. You get what I'm saying, folks? He, he needed nine when he wanted yeah. Merrick Garland through under Obama. He even hashtagged it. It's the same guy now saying, no, we don't need nine. We should keep the seat vacant because Trump nominated a guy. This is crazy. They are The Democrats are on a suicidal, political, tactical meltdown. They are walking like lemmings off a cliff. He literally hashtag we need not. I'll be going into this later with some video on the NRA TV show uh, 5 30 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to check it out, it's free. NRATV.com. I think you just gotta put an email address and not gonna it's not there's no charge. Don't worry about it. Okay. (laughs) So funny. All right, what else? I had four or five things. Do you have that cut on Tucker? All right. Uh, best. Thing. Yeah, let's do that. So Tucker Carlson, I love Tucker. He's the best. He's, by the way, off the air. He's like the nicest guy ever. I don't like to bore you with personal stories, but my wife and I got to spend a little bit of time with him in Dallas when I was at the NRA convention. He was doing the show from there. He came outside, Joe. I'm not kidding. And spent probably a half an hour talking to me and my wow. wife. Cool. And I'm not talking about like, I'm just... I'm just the nicest I'm not kidding folks the nicest guy you have ever met in your life could not fl- he always makes a point to flatter everyone around him too what a real gem of a human being so Tucker who I the love is show on Fox he had Cornell West on a radical far left professor from Harvard and I just wanted to hit on this again how ridiculous people who try to justify socialism who don't even understand what it is are this is Cornell West trying to defend the absolute depravity in socialist Venezuela right now Has struck you as interesting that it's never actually worked anywhere so the question is not what are our goals our goals are the same how do we get there is the question so what happened in venezuela they call that democratic socialism but they don't have toilet paper and it's less equal than ever but but part of the problem is though brothers that any time there's been the attempts of ordinary people to engage in self-determination they can get crushed by external nations. Look at U.S. policies toward Venezuela has been very, very ugly, Nicaragua in the same way. We saw that in so many other instances where countries tried to engage in self-determination and they either get crushed, they either get coerced, and they end up oftentimes responding to that kind of authoritarian treatment. So we've never had a chance to really pull it off. So it's only been a movement so far. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Cornell West is actually a professor at an elite school. Did, what was that? As I said last night, I covered this a little bit on my NRA TV show last night. What Was that, was that some kind of word salad? What the hell was that? What was that? <laughs> Stupid. What did he just say? Self-determination? Has this guy read a book on what socialism is? Joe, now socialism is self-determination? Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, a constitutional republic with 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 negative government rights, in other words, that delineates to a bill of rights what the government cannot do to you, is self-determination. Communism, socialism, democratic socialism, big government liberalism, whatever you choose to call it, where, I hate this word, but in this case, literally, not figuratively, the government takes over, Spheres of control that used to, the locus of control in your life in a constitutional republic is you. The locus of control in communism, socialism, big government, liberalism is the government. This is not self-determination. You work for money. That money in those systems is turned over to the government that redistributes it to others. There's nothing self-determining about that. And there's no amount of verbal judo or euphemistic games or or nonsense you can put out there, crossword puzzle politics. There's no possible way you can make that self-determination. It is is the exact opposite of self-determination. And I'm blaming it on the U.S., by the way. I I made this point last night. I'll make it again here. We're at fault. Folks, listen, outside of conspiracy theories, we Joe, last time I checked, there's not been a major world war where we've attacked Venezuela, right? Mm, no. Now, you're not a history mm, major, right? Neither am I. No. But you're pretty confident in your answer, uh, right? Venezuela. We have not invaded Venezuela any time no, <laughs> recently, no. right? Okay, good. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in my answer, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we actually went to war with the Japanese and the Germans. Liberals may have missed it, but it did happen. We decimated them. We beat them handily. They then turned towards freedom and away from government control through fascism, which is the same thing. Turned towards freedom and generally free markets and are now two of the most prosperous countries on earth after we went to actual war with them. We've never been to war with Venezuela on a mass scale outside of conspiracy theories on the left. Okay, and yet the Venezuelans can't get out of their own way. The Venezuelan government, not the people. Why? Because they took control of things they can't handle. Things they know nothing about. The economy, healthcare, the oil business, education. They know nothing about that. The people who run those industries know about it. And they failed. Blaming it on the U.S. is ridiculous. It's so stupid, it defies... I can't believe I'm losing IQ points explaining this to you. Finally, (laughs) one more thing. I was thinking about this in the bathroom this morning I'm washing my face and I'm like how do I explain to impressionable liberal kids why socialism is so bad right and I thought all right this is the easiest way if you're clamoring for something different than you have now because right now we do not have socialism in the United States we have uh, generally free markets and capitalism if you are clamoring for socialism Joe using simple I'm trying to make this super simple I can get as wonky as you want, but this requires simplicity. If you're arguing for something that is not what we have now, which is not, we don't have socialism. We're clear on that, right? Then clearly you're arguing for something different. Yeah. What is it that you want that's different? Right now, you have the ability to choose your college. You have the ability to go out and buy an iPhone. You have the ability to own private property. You have the ability to own real estate. And you have the ability to choose a job, not to be forced into one, and to basically uh, choose your wage. If you don't want to work for that wage, you don't take the job. Right? Now, if you're arguing for socialism, that is not what you have now. You're arguing for something different. What is it different you want? Uh, no, I'm serious. What is it different you want? You don't want to own the private property? Explain to me what about free markets and entrepreneurialism and capitalism you don't like. That's the only way to get through to these knuckleheads. I don't want to work. I don't want to work. Good. I'm glad you said that. Maybe that is your and that that would be a fair defense. I don't want to work at all. So what you're suggesting is then that you want other people to work to support you. Just that's a good point. Just be yeah. honest. Then tell us what you want different. You don't want to own private property. You don't want to trade your labor for a wage. You don't want to pick your job. You don't want to work. Explain to us what you want different. If you don't want to work, what do you want to do? You want other people to work for you. It's the I'm trying to. I've tried everything to explain to these kids the devastating, torturous, depraved tenets of socialism and they seem to not get it so that's sometimes you can explain by negation explain what it's not and what socialism isn't is private property free markets trading your labor for a wage a price system what about that do you not like and joe you may have explained maybe you're just lazy at least you'd be honest then All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. As always, I ask this favor at the end of the show. Please, if you don't mind, subscribe to the podcast. Downloading helps. And uh, some people have asked, by the way, if it helps us subscribe on Stitcher yeah Stitcher works uh, SoundCloud subscriptions on iTunes are very helpful uh, follow on uh, if you follow on all the platforms we'd appreciate it iTunes, iHeart, you can follow on iHeart but it's the subscriptions to the show it's free, it's totally free, it's painless you just go to the podcast app on iTunes you click subscribe, open up iHeart.com, go to our show click follow, um, it really matters I always put the links on my Twitter account, they're on my website as well, please subscribe, it helps us move up the charts, yesterday uh, me and Joe were number seven in news and politics out of what millions Joe easily the Joe Armacost Dan Bongino project for podcasting we were number seven in the universe of podcasts which was beyond flattering and to tie up the show led me to uh, shed a tear lesson I thank in my audience to my wife about how great you all are. I really appreciate it. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.